0: How we doing, friends? My guest today is going to be Chef Michael Jewell. Chef has spent over 30 years in the restaurant industry, graduating from California Culinary Academy and moving on to become executive chef at multiple restaurants. He now runs Arby's product development and innovation. Chef's love of cooking and his passion for food is really easy to see. I hope you enjoy his journeys of failures and successes so far and have a few takeaways that'll help in the kitchen or on the grill. We are rolling. Mike, how you doing, my man? I'm
1: good. Great. Excellent.
0: I should say Chef Mike.
1: Nah, I don't know if I'm a chef anymore, dude. I'm, no? I don't know. No, it's, uh... I think once you go to the corporate world and you start developing things, I think it's different. I think a chef's somebody who slaves behind a stove all day, and, you know, I'm certainly not doing that. I would say it's more of, like, a project management uh, role. Right. With, uh, some, uh you know some use of your palate but yeah
0: so like uh first and foremost uh thing i'm always very curious about and especially with you like where where's that inspiration for food and, and kind of love of cooking where, where did that kind of start for you
1: so i grew up in sunnyville california so that's like the heart of silicon valley um and it was always multi uh D- different races of people everything you know and i pretty much grew up in a filipino asian latino neighborhood i don't know if that's long and winded but <laughs> the sense of it was like all based around family dude and just like every time you go into somebody's house they, they were eating you know there was like a pot of rice on the table with some other food you know some weird fermented stuff you know and you right. know, people just hanging out and it was like the parents would always look at you like oh michael you hungry you want to eat you want to eat And i'm like uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> so you just you get in that, that was my way and was just seeing like the whole that perspective of it and like the cultural part of it was like oh this is cool mm-hmm. you know something sexy about it and I mean I'm 47 years old so it's not I don't I wasn't the kid that grew up in that generation of I didn't grow up in that generation of watching a, a, a food tv or anything not to say that I didn't do it in the in the 90s or the you know the you know, the late nineties or something, but so it, it kind of, I I always just thought it was sexy and it was cool, you know, but it, it became a whole different thing once you get into it. So. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I remember when we, when we first crossed paths, uh, it introduced uh, at least me to a whole different world and whole different way that you could really like play with food. It's actually just talking with the. a, a buddy steve the other day about how the mac and cheese that you made is still by far the greatest mac and cheese i've ever had in my life and it hasn't been touched it was rich creamy had a little ham in there it was absolutely fantastic and
1: i loved it and my time with you was my time in there and like how i ended up in salt lake was interesting too because that was kind of like a different journey in in, in life it was uh you know the wife and i had been out years before um Working for somebody, and we opened up Butterfly in downtown Salt Lake. And that was like way before its time. I think that was like 2005 or six. Okay. And, uh, you know, so post Olympics, hey, things are booming in that there. And I was like, okay. So we went there and did that. She ended up buying a house there. This is before we got married. And, uh, so we, you know, we were living in wine country up in uh, Sonoma and we, you know, I lived in San Francisco for most of my life and I was just like, I got to get out. I want to go do something else. You know, I just don't want to be stuck in one place the rest of my life. And she's like, she owned a home in Salt Lake Valley. And I was like, nah, let's go out there. It's going to be a change of career path. It's not like I'm not doing fine dining necessarily, but it doesn't matter. It all became about family at that point. You know, it's just right. like, all right, I got my son, want something better for my son. Let's go check this out. You know? So, uh, you know, getting out there was interesting too, man. It was, it was, it was part of the journey that I'm still on right now. But that was kind of where it's, you know, that's just another stepping stone of where the journey started. And it was cool to get to know you guys out there and have a good time, man. It was, it was interesting. It's, a, it's interesting too, like where you guys live. It's, um, it, 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 it's an envious lifestyle, man. You know, it's how people live for the season and do different stuff, man. So my time out there was cool. I, I miss it. Yeah. I cried the day I left Utah, dude. Well, I mean, it was it
0: was sad to see
1: you go, <laughs> dude. I would, dude. I ball, dude. I was, I was bummed, dude. I was just remember, I remember because I drove out to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I was, I remember sitting in the garage and I started weeping, dude. I was like, this sucks, <laughs> but then once you get somewhere else, you realize that life's a journey and you can always go back somewhere, so. I right. love oh, that guy. Who, who did I live next door to? I lived next door to uh, two houses down from that, the mogul skiing guy. I wish I could remember his name, but you're going to tell me who it was. Am I? Coach at like Wasatch Ski Club or something?
0: Uh, John O'Brien?
1: No, come on, man. He had two kids and they lived in, they lived in uh, Cottonwood Heights. Cottonwood
0: Heights. Uh... Oh, Rick Shaner.
1: That's it, the Shainer dude. Yeah, Shane.
0: yeah. dude. Yeah, Shainer was the
1: man, dude. The first time still I saw is. that guy, he's like, "Yes!" Yeah. He was like skateboarding in his garage and like a small little halfback mall. Who is this mysterious man, dude?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, Shainer's uh, Shaner's still coach, still coaching for Wasatch. Yeah, no, he's the man, man, the yeah. legend for sure.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. See? So this
0: um kind of going back a little bit towards inspiration for, for cooking and stuff like that. How did you kind of know that you wanted to navigate in, in that space? Right. Because you ended up going to the California culinary Academy. Right.
1: Yeah. I think, I think, man, and you can look at like a lot of these cooks now and chefs that are out there and people who are into food.
0: Right.
1: I always feel like we were like kind of a derelict group. I'm not. <laughs> we kind of are, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot of us, you know, like in high school weren't, you know, didn't take it as seriously or, you know, I hate to, I'm not, I feel like I'm grouping people into a segment here, but not, but it was always like passionate people, kind of like a rocker almost, you know, it's just like the cooks back in the day are just like, they loved what they loved and, uh, you know, it was a cool thing to do. And, but for me, it was like, it gave me structure, you know? Right. So, you know, going to school because I went to college for a couple of years and it just didn't work out. I just didn't do that well. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to culinary school. And uh, I loved it from day one. It was just like, you know, what you do in life, just love what you do. You know, you hear like your dad say that to your parents, say that to you and you're like, you know, it, you know, it makes sense as a kid, but not totally. Sure. I mean, for me, it's just, man, just do what you'd love to do. I don't know if the money's always going to work out, but success rate, success wise, you Success is within, you know, it's like you, sure. you know what your success is. And if you're happy, you're happy. Yeah. what made me happy. Like yeah. you, me, buddy, you know, it's like, that's yeah. what makes me happy, dude. You know what I mean? So, of course. Yeah.
0: It was definitely not for the money. It was definitely not for the money.
1: <laughs> no, no. But now that I'm on this side, it's interesting. There's different sides you can take in the food world that'll make you money, but it's like, what are you willing to give up? Sure. Like I gave up my cooking career kind of for this side that I'm in now. And right. you know, just let you know, let you know what every, everybody knows. So now it's like anytime you see something for Arby's, you know, we do a lot of limited time offer stuff. You know, if you see something in the news like this flashed on, I mean, it's a simple sandwich, it's nothing. There's more to it than just the sandwich, but it's usually me and a couple other guys Mm -hmm. that develop all the food. And so it's been, it's been a different transition, a different life, but uh, I miss the camaraderie of a kitchen. Sure. But uh I enjoy the the weekends with my the weekends and nights with my family too. So
0: well how exciting in in is it to <clears> kind of play with some of the the products and stuff like that? I mean, that part's gotta be different and kind of creative in its own right, right?
1: Yeah, I mean I still cook at home a lot, man. I sure. mean garden behind me, but I mean at work it's more of it's managing it's managing large scale productions of things. It's managing uh People's expectations, you know, instead of me like putting out, you know, a few hundred dinners a night to customers, it's uh, you know you're putting out three million pounds of a product to somebody, and you have right. to manage that throughout the six months of production, you know, and it's interesting. It's 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 a totally different world, and you know, it's all about the people that you meet sure. and the uh, fun that you have.
0: So how difficult is that like on a day-to-day, like what kind of helps you you stay on target when you have such a big uh, production to deal with?
1: I don't know, man. I think the older you get, once you go through life, you, uh, you become, uh, you learn from your mistakes. You, know, you learn from, you know, don't jump to conclusions here, be a little bit more chilled out here, don't do this, don't do that. So I think sure. just I think age, man. You kind of just learn how to just take things in a little bit better. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think that happened for me until about five or six years ago, where I kind of just started like, just kind of go with the flow a little bit, sit back, take it all in before you react to stuff. And, you know, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely a bit of a a difficult uh, thing, right? I mean, age is kind of the, Only real thing that'll help you mature in some some certain aspects, right? You kind of have to live that experience to be able
1: to. Grow. It's the horrible right. equalizer, dude. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like the old you get. <laughs> like, you start to notice all these things, but your body doesn't react the same. So, but anyway, yeah, right.
0: So, moving in and and how did you find your way to to Arby's? Because it was such a big change of pace for you, right?
1: Yeah, and it's not a. It's not, it's really not an easy world to get into. It's, I would uh, assume.
0: I mean, yeah, it's got to be. No,
1: so a guy who I went to culinary school with, man, he and I were best friends in culinary school, and we had stayed in contact. And he'd always been in, when we were in culinary school, he was, um, I kind of knew that he wasn't going to go work in kitchens because he had a marketing background from like Boston University. And uh, so we ended up going to the manufacturing side. Um, and he's been at Arby's for, I don't know, 16, 17 years. So I called him out of the blue when I was in Salt Lake. I'm like, listen, I got to get out. I got to do something else. I can't, you know, I can't be, I think, I think working in that environment, as long as I did, I made it so 40 plus and mm-hmm. I think it makes you a little bit mental, you know, and I mean, I could, and, and I actually thought about this the other day because every time I think of your name, I think about the time that I yelled at you one time and I got so pissed at myself. And I know that I apologize to you, but I still carry it around to that day. Every time I think, oh, Bobby Carroll, I'm like, oh, damn, that time that I yelled at him, I was like, dude, I was just being such I probably a probably d- doing something stupid. <laughs> no, but no, but it was just like, I was it was just one of those moments where you just like in that business, it happened way too often. And you're like, I can't, I, this isn't me, but this, this business is making me this way. I hate to use that as an excuse, but, but it did. So then, that's why I called up my buddy and I was just like, listen, I got to get out of this, dude. It's it's, 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 a, it's a little bit mental at my age, you know? It's just a physical aspect. It's like, I'm looking for a chef.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, huh, oh, interesting. So I flew out there, and I wasn't, it's like I've been I've been down south before, you know? A lot of my family lives here. And uh, so I got here, and I was like, all right, I saw what the job was. I sat in these meetings, and I go, okay, it's a lot different, but you know what? It's going to be better for my my mental being in, you know, I didn't know what it was going to do for my wife and child. You'd be surprised how kids adapt better than we do. So, made the move, um, and it's it's worked out. I mean, man, I've I've learned I've learned so much in my six years of being the chef at Arby's. You know, now that we've acquired. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings, Sonic, and Jimmy John's, we all kind of work under one building together. So it's kind of interesting working in a, you know, it's like a $15 million kitchen. And, you know, you're working with all these chefs from uh, other brands that have actually done the same stuff that I have in the past, Mm -hmm. that we're hanging out under one umbrella. It's, it's, it's cool. It's interesting.
0: What's, what's the... In a short way,
1: in a long way, that's how I got to Arby's, so what's
0: like the fun things you get to do you get to come up with creative stuff or is it you have essentially a box to be in
1: And so so how it works for us is it's marketing I mean like anything in life uh, most things are driven by marketing so Mm -hmm. you you look out on a calendar you know a yearly calendar and you'll say we need to fill uh, sorry by the way you know Arby's is like an LTO company limited time offer we do a lot of you know a lot of monthly specials and whatnot so you know, you're looking at a calendar and you're looking at, you know, a year out to 16 to 18 months out. And, uh, you know, we'll come up with an idea. We'll come up with the product itself. We'll take it to a sensory testing and, you know, then it goes to a launch hopefully. I mean, the hard the hard part of all of my job is, is going into manufacturing plants. Like if you, one day you produce, you know, 10,000 buns, and the weather's nice outside and the water's cooperating with you and your employees are cooperating and you know, other run goes well. And then you go into the next day of like, there's the next 10,000 buns and you're producing like 10 million buns.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Inevitably, something goes wrong and you have to fix that. So that's that's the big thing that people don't realize about product development and, uh, you know, in the QSR world is a like, uh, quick serve restaurants. I hate to call it fast food sometimes. Mm-hmm. Is the hard part is managing the food production along with making the food, making the food is not the hard part, Right, it's managing what's going on within that.
0: You know? I, would, I would imagine like making the food is kind of the fun part, right? I mean, it's the same thing as being a chef. Cause it's your own creativity. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But what you've been doing it so long, you're like, you know, this is going to work. This is going to work. It's interesting as you right. work with so many companies to get to one product. But, uh, you know, I, I find more, I find more interest in how this country works with food and, I mean, everybody eats something that is produced by a manufacturer, you know, unless you're living completely off the land, you know, everything that you're doing is being manufactured. And a lot, a lot of people hate to like take that in, you know, it's, it's hard for them to absorb like, Oh, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I, oh, man, I can't believe I'm eating this. I should be eating this. instead. but you'd be surprised on how much care that these manufacturers for the most part put into their product. And, you know, they, you know, it's not a dirty place and it's not a bad word, you know, it's, you know, I think that's the journey for me right now. It's just, it's just something totally different with food. Um, the other side, you know, like that fine dining side that I was always on, it's like, I do it at home, you know, right. like here I, you know, part of all these wine clubs and I get in garden vegetables, I go to the farmer's market and I keep it alive that way, you know? So, sure.
0: Yeah. What, what's, what's favorite, favorite things for uh, cooking? What do, you, what do you like to whip Oh, out? man, I
1: grill out a lot, dude. Like, I'm looking out there to my left, and I got a smoker. I got, a, like, a Komodo Joe, and then I got a regular Weber, and, you know, and then, I don't know, man. I'll, I, you know, I make everything and anything. It just depends, you know. Try to keep it simple. Try not to put too many carbs on. Try to save the carbs for the wine and the beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? Perfect, yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: so... um but nah, man, it's uh, it's it's you know it's been an adventure. It's been a it's been a cool ride, you know. Getting into the food business is it's a tough one. It's you know, there's people that, like I said, are on the manufacturing side and they're really smart, PhD, really you know smart people. Mm-hmm. And then and then you got my side, the people who have eaten a lot of things, done a lot of things with food, been the ones experimenting with it. So it's a, it's an interesting combination, you know.
0: So. I mean, how long would you say it kind of takes for that, that palate to, you say, now you just know something's going to work and something's going to happen like that. You know, it's going to end up work. like, how, how much time does that, cause I can say at least personal experience, man, I love to cook, love to grill and usually have a little bit of an idea that, Hey, it's going to work out or usually, you know. It, it, it's, it's everybody hard. has
1: a palate. Everybody has a palate, dude. Right. Everybody has a palate. They just don't know what's good. It's like if I, well, I mean, listen. Everybody has their palate, and it's there's no right or wrong in palette, But I'm just like, you know, I'm just an educator. I'm just a facilitator and be like, hey, try this, and, you know, try that, and you know, don't don't limit yourself as such in life. You know, it's like, what are you gonna limit yourself? Go go experience stuff, and uh, you know, you never know what you may like. Sure. To say that I'm going to eat like, you know, Balut, which is like, you know, uh, uh, an egg with a beak and a feathers and <laughs> an undeveloped thing. But, you know, I'm going to try most things in life and have a good time.
0: So would you say that's one thing that kind of limits people? They kind of stick to those things rather than you kind of got to go. It's the same thing like traveling abroad and things of that yeah. nature. And like, yeah. you need to get that, soak that experience in to, to kind of yeah. like broaden the horizons and that kind of builds. That yeah, creativity. absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's amazing how, I mean, not in in every country and everywhere you live, people are just stuck in their little town and they don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. They just, that's all they know. And that's, I can't really blame them. I mean, that's just what they're exposed to. And they don't feel like getting out of their comfort zone, you know, and that's kind of sucks. But no, you know, you live, I mean, I always thought about that about park City—is you know, you're in a place where people are like, F that dude, that's this, you know, we're, I'm here for the adventure. I'm here for, you know, traveling, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, to see that there, that spirit there. And it's always been cool. And, you know, doesn't really translate to the rest of the world, but once you get people to try food and have something to drink with you, it usually loosens everybody up and everybody starts having a good time. And,
0: you know, yeah.
1: I mean, I think essentially, you know, from exhilarating experiences in your life, I think your best experiences come around sitting with people, eating food and, uh, you know, having a drink or something,
0: oh, I could, couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's definitely yeah. some of if you
1: mind. took out the drink and you just had the food, then there would be no arguments, probably. But some of those arguments with drinks are kind of interesting, so
0: they are, they are pretty uh interesting <laughs> to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole, you know. Definitely not, uh, yeah. And hopefully, they
1: just revolve around sports and not politics, you know.
0: <laughs> so. Definitely a little bit uh touchy nowadays for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: but um. So one of those things that you've know, kind of discussed a little bit as you're going through in your journey to where you're at now, I mean, what, what would you say uh, has kind of helped you persevere and kind of stick through? Because there's so many different times and so many different situations, uh, running a restaurant, things of that nature. I mean, something's always going to break down. Something's always, something's going to get uh, ordered wrong, or you know, maybe you don't get the right shipment of what you need for the ingredients. And, and how do you kind of stay nimble and persevere through that?
1: But I hate to go back to like feeling uh, such a Debbie Downer, but I think a lot of success and what you do is based out of fear, you know? Right, sure. The, the, the failure to, the, uh, the fear to failure. You know, you, you don't want to fail, you know? And it's, uh, it's like that pride thing that you have inside of you that, you know, kind of keeps me going every day. It kind of sucks. It's kind of sucks. Like, what do we feel like that, man? What do we feel like we have like this fear thing that makes us want to do well, you know? Um,
0: yeah, no, I mean, I definitely uh, fear failure. You want to go out and you want to perform your best, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you have a sense of pride. You, well, you yeah. put in, especially when well, you put in all the work and all the effort, right? I mean, you spend, mm-hmm. in my case, yeah, exactly. a thousand jumps at the water ramps in the summer, jumping into a pool, six, five, six days a week, you're lifting or doing cross training. And then you're spending, you know, uh, so much time on the hill, uh, skiing and, and, uh, also, you know, to, to be able to make that work, right. Uh, working in a restaurant, going to school, working, you know, construction during the day, just so you can support this dream and try to, uh, chase what you can. And that fear of failure, I mean, in our sport, you know, in, in mobile skiing, it was 32nd run. So you put, 10 months you know all this effort in for 30 seconds it's gone
1: and you're being judged though dude the sure. other thing yeah crazy about that is like the whole individual sport thing to me is interesting because uh, and i i almost prefer it because my son he's 12 years old we travel the country wrestling um he played football he's played soccer he's played basketball mm-hmm. but i've really stuck to wrestling with him but the you know but on the other side which is just a single sport one on one with somebody else, but being a mogul skier, it's like I can imagine you hit like this run in your life, and you're like, you know, you put the arms up, and you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then you see the scores come back, and you're like, that son of a bitch, dude, how did he not see that? That's, like the greatest run of my life, dude. what happens by somebody right now, you know, that's gonna be maddening, dude. Like. You know, I used to watch, like, you know, you, I mean, you can even take it to, like, figure skating, you know, and you watch something. Just those one, the sports where you're just by yourself and you're being judged, I'm like, oh, man, dude, that's got to be rough, dude. Yeah. Because it's know, not you're like you're going down the mogul hill, like, hitting somebody with a stick and the first one to get down through the moguls, you know?
0: It's not a Chinese downhill.
1: You know? <laughs> is that what they call that?
0: <laughs> that well, if, from that's the From top down to the bottom, Chinese <laughs> downhill. That is the uh, freestyle technology, yeah. yes,
1: yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Plus, even that sport, you take a beating on your body, too, man. Yeah.
0: Well, it's most sports. I mean, wrestling, uh, I, grew up, I mean, it's, before I was skiing, rough. I wrestled until I was about uh, 9, 10. I mean, my uncle wrestled in college. Right. My dad wrestled high school. And so, I mean, I grew up doing it, and especially uh, right around the corner. I mean, Wasatch has one of the top, you know, wrestling programs in the entire country. I mean, it's fantastic. Cale
1: Sanderson, the coach of Penn State out of Heber, as you well yeah. know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They got – yeah, those, uh dude, Utah's a uh, very uh, – big into wrestling dude no for sure
0: yeah. i mean i definitely grew up with it i mean dan gable just super inspirational for me when i was going through and and as you kind of say you know you have those mm. individuals right that skiing is a very individual sport and uh you know it's you against the hill and technically you know and the judges i mean unless you're racing then it's just you right up against the hill but that's it you know, dude. You, know, you don't have someone trying to pin you in three minutes right? No, it's definitely no. Much different dynamic while it's an individual sport. I mean, one of the things I also look to was tennis because tennis, you still are technically against somebody, but yeah. right? you got someone yeah. on the other side of the net, but it is very individual. Like you have your own little team that kind of help uh, build and create you friends, family, couple coaches. But for that, it's, you're kind of on your own little journey, you know?
1: Now I always feel like that community's tighter though. It's uh, the one where as a parent, when you're in a team sport, it's it's it gets there's a lot of daddy ball that goes on, but when you get to those individual sports, it's uh it's a lot different. I think it's a lot more supportive at times, you know, individually with the kids, and uh it makes them learn how to find success on their own, dude. It's it's interesting, and yeah, tennis is interesting, you mentioned because I always remember you were a Roger Federer fan. Um, Speak of the devil, and, yeah, <laughs> yes, and uh. So my son is like, dude, he looks athletic, he's big, he's 12, he's super in shape, and he's, he's bigger for his age, taller for his age, not not like an alpha fat on him at all. And uh, But his coordination is a bit off, dude. He's such a power wrestler, mm-hmm. and, uh, but he hasn't grown into his body. And uh, one of his coaches was like, you should take up tennis, right? As this COVID thing went down, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then the COVID thing happened, and we haven't been able to get him out there, but yeah. yeah like i'm like yeah dude you need to do tennis and he's, he's up for it you know with the hand-eye coordination and everything it's sure yeah pretty cool man so yeah, well, you know I th-
0: what's a really good book for him to if he's really into the wrestling and i know uh you send me some pictures of him like uh, i know he did a, what training camp at ohio state right
1: uh he's been to ohio state, state yeah. he was yeah. a training campus so, here year. tom ryan
0: yeah, but he's he tom he's ryan hung out there it? what's that isn't tom ryan at uh, ohio
1: state dude that dude is amazing dude yeah. we Damn and sorry, dude. Real fast, this this guy. We walk in there, and we got a personal tour of Ohio State. I know, I know, like a two, he's a two-time heavyweight champion, uh, mm-hmm. Tommy. I, I do work with him, and he invited us up, and we went in there, and we're hanging with like national champions, Logan Steuber, who's won. Four, he's one of like five people that's won four national champions, NC2A. Mm-hmm. And Ryan walks up to us, and he's like. It's like, oh, hey, I'm Tom. I'm like, yeah. He starts asking about David. He's like, oh, I heard you won Super 32. And what's your go-to move? And he's asking me about my job at Arby's. I'm like, who does that? Yeah. Like, only really cool, like, awesome people do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I found out a story later on, which I'm sure, I, I mean, if you mention his name, then you probably know a story about a son that died.
0: I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I do
1: know that. Yeah. He, so he had a son that died, at like, Um. I think his son was like five years old. I forget what he died. I forget what happened. But it like totally changed his mind and who he was. And he's written, you know, some books about it. But uh just an amazing dude. I was blown away by the guy. I'm standing there the whole time and I'm like, I'm gonna talk to the guy. And I was just like, I mean, dude, mouth was dropped. I'm like, who is this dude? I'm on this awesome. amazing, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely a Tom Ryan, man. Class act.
0: Yeah, that's a, yeah. No, I think I'm pretty sure he coached uh uh, at Hofstra before he went to Ohio State, so that's why I remember the name. That's where my dad played college football, so I'm pretty sure Tom Ryan was at Hofstra before
1: he made. I think it. he dropped some good knowledge, dude. I think that was some good knowledge, dude. Yeah, but, well, I I
0: follow Northeast wrestling, wrestling, wrestling knowledge, yeah. dude. <laughs> some yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, but uh, I have a, a season on the mat would be a really good book for uh, your, son, your son to read. It's All right, a, yeah. A, a Dan Gable, um, it's about him uh after they had gone nine straight uh national championships was going for uh 10 and kind of after yeah. and it's just that whole team and season it's awesome really good read so season on the mat Iowa, yeah, Iowa yeah totally. i need to read that yeah no it's good
1: honestly i usually read i'm not the biggest reader my wife is and my son's pretty decent but i read like two or three books a year and it's mainly stuff like that you know like autobiographical people stuff like kind of like what you're doing right now you know it's just sure. like yeah you know, just talking to people about their life and whatever, and, uh, and I have to check that out, man. Yeah, so. it's
0: definitely definitely be good. Uh, good yeah. read. Any cookbooks people out there should get? <sighs> Is there any one that like I need to have that's gonna <clears throat> make me complete?
1: I, I mean, there's like certain ones that are just like Bibles where you're like, I oh, you need to have that. But it's interesting. I think the bigger guys sometimes in life have uh, like really good cookbooks. Shoot, I don't feel like I buy as much anymore because it's weird, man. Like you can get all that stuff online now. Like you're thinking of right. something. Then you pop on a recipe and then you kind of look it up. But uh I mean Thomas Keller's first book. I know it's like stuff you can actually make the stuff, but most of the old school chefs refer to it as the Bible. But you know, there's there's all kinds of Who stuff.
0: Who is that? Thomas the Keller. Bible.
1: The yeah, book? Thomas Keller from the French Laundry. Okay. You know, people, but I don't know. I mean it's really fancy and it's about over 20 years old, but when you look at the piece of nice a nice book and just the recipes and people like us oh, in the Bible, you know. Um I don't have the Bible, so I'm gonna have to get on it. <laughs> you're gonna have to get the Bible, dude. Yeah, good you're good gonna have to you. get the Bible, dude. <laughs> I don't know, it's it's weird. It's, yeah, you can get everything online now too. And so I just yeah. I do have, I'm like I'm looking over here and I'm like, yeah, see that the Sean Brock book. You know, it's pretty cool, and I don't know. You used to be able to go to books. I remember living in San Francisco, man. You used to go get books. You go to the bookstore, dude, and you were like that cook that was like, oh, look at the new book that I got. You know, times are yeah. totally different now, you know? Now right. it's like, look at the knife I got. You know? <laughs> it's totally different, so. Yeah, the so food. Is-
0: do you still roll in for for baking? I mean, what's, what's the – because I feel like cooking is so uh, – much more fun because you can do like a bit of this, bit of that. It's not like you have to follow the rules as precisely. When yeah. I you know, like and I think whenever that's, I bake, it's, it's, it's not exact. Like if it's not exactly a quarter cup, it's going to be totally fucked.
1: Unless you're mixing flour and eggs. Sometimes it is, but other than that, no, just have fun. I think, I think my, my, I've always been very conservative when I came to cooking, and there's all these people that had the other mind that like they add a certain thing here and add a certain thing here, and you're like, whoa, how'd you come up with that, dude? <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know, I just think you should throw things in there that you don't think you should throw things in there. I think that the world of cooking's changed in 15 years. I would say 2005, you start really seeing a change in
0: people. So throw things in there that you don't think you should throw in there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, be like, I don't know, try it out. Was it hurt? You know? Mm -hmm. I think like 2005 is like let's say 15 years ago is when people started like doing weird stuff, man, and like started throwing big things together, like, oh I wouldn't put ricotta cheese with anchovies, but somebody did it and they're like, Cheese and fish, yeah, it tastes actually pretty good. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just, you know, so it's interesting to see where the the world of food has gone. I just uh and the things the things that people are doing out there is pretty creative um, sure i just you just need people to go out and try them that's the problem. Mm-hmm. everybody gets stuck in their little their little village or wherever they are and they don't want to go out, look outside and so how do you draw those people out you know it's like hunting sure you know how are you going to trap the bunny in the trap you know yeah, that person to try that so.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely like, well, well do, so do you, because uh, Arby is such an LTO, I mean, do you get that that kind of opportunity to throw something out there that's maybe a little outside the box?
1: So like when I was hired, I remember uh, I had to go through this interview process and this, uh, like the CMO and uh, the vice president, the senior VP of the department asked me like, oh, what would you do different right now? And I was like, do sous vide chicken. Because the only way to cook chicken is really sous vide, dude. If you sous vide, I think it's going to taste amazing, you know. And I had a sous vide background going back, you know, years. And uh, so we made it come to life, dude. I mean, we were the first fast food company to, you know, pretty much put out sous vide stuff. I mean, the only other person who probably did it before us was uh, maybe Panera. But, you know, we've been uh, – they may be in a little different space than we are. Um, But done that. We've done pork belly. We've done duck. A whole duck breast as an activation for one week we did venison you um, we had to go over to New Zealand and source all the venison because there was n- you know there's nobody in this country that process there's not a processor of deer meat venison anywhere in this country it's all like dudes hunting that's all it is like you can't there's no nobody farming venison there's nothing so it's like we had to go all the way over to New Zealand to get that so there's cool stuff like you know that we do you know, I get people texting me all the time, like, "Oh man, you guys did pork belly. You guys did, you know, duck." Like, yeah, you know. and yeah. so that's been fun. That's it's gotta about, be pretty rewarding, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the travel that I meet the people that I meet. I mean, I, I travel a lot, and it's been fun. I mean, not right now, obviously, but you know. And then I work with the chefs from uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and it's uh, they're awesome, you know. And then yeah. you know, the guys from Sonic, and they're just really good people. You know, just doing something different in life and, uh, you know, having different food experiences through different adventures, you know. Right.
0: So in that travel, where would you say would be one of the best places to go to kind of get inspiration for for food and kind of. It's always, it's
1: usually like the big cities. It's always like Chicago or New York, you know, Chicago a lot. There's a lot of meat plant. There's a lot of the manufacturing stuff there. New York, I've probably just gone to a bunch of times, just more based on advertising stuff and agency stuff and just showings. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we have two stores, you know, in Manhattan, like three or four years ago. So doing stuff like that. Um, You know, most of my travels based on the East Coast now. So, you know, I go to Charleston a lot. Charleston, South Carolina is one of the most amazing places in this country that people Either they know about it or they don't. If they don't, they're missing out. It's just the food scene there is it, 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 insane. It's it's you know it's mind blowing. But what that's kind of food. It's very eclectic, dude. There's a lot of Asian food, man. There's like, uh, God, man. That's dude. You got everything there. You got to think about like Charleston itself as a port city. You know, was, you know, was a slave city. Was you go back, I mean, it just has so much history, like New Orleans, that it's kind of adapted its own culture, you know, a lot like New Orleans, but food's a lot different than New Orleans, not even the same.
0: Okay,
1: um, It's more eclectic, whereas, like, New Orleans' Cajun food is, where, like, Charleston's, just like everybody who's hopped off any boat ended up there and did something weird, whether it be, a, you know, you know Chinese, Filipino, Spanish, I mean, it's just, it's just such a mishmash, and it's just a architecture is a trip too because it looks like you don't know, feel like you're in the United States you feel like you're you know in a, a old uh, English uh, city or something it's it's weird sure. man. but in the food there's just but there's soul there too you know you get out there it's hot it's muggy there's like there's an atmosphere you know it's like you know if I had to equate it to something like you know when you're in the Uintas dude in the middle of the mountains and it's just you and you hear like a wolf howling you're like whoa <laughs> you know, it's,
0: yeah.
1: you know, it's one of those weird things where it takes you back like you get like you know that's, that's the other part about food man is there's got to be like that environment you know it's like I'm not going to eat elk or venison or buffalo and feel like wow I'm having a great experience if I'm eating it in like south Georgia <laughs> it's going to feel better when I'm eating it you know in Wyoming or there sure you know, when you're there when you're eating shrimp and oysters and so it's just the whole right there's a whole vibe to it you know so totally. it's amazing yeah. So, I need to go to Charleston.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, you to need to go to Charleston. Nashville's okay. cool, too, man. Nashville, Nashville too. Nashville's, okay. Dude, Nashville, the food scene in Nashville is like, it's really good, too. That's what I find funny about food is you can find a food scene anywhere. You never thought yeah. Salt would have a food scene, you know, but they have a food scene, you know? They do,
0: yeah. No, it's definitely uh, it's definitely changed yeah. quite a bit. I mean, I mean, even Park City has definitely a little bit of a scene. Yeah, they do. Scene for yeah, better, they do. Compared.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love talking up Utah. It's funny how many... My friends are, I have some, I have a friend that just passed through there in the Moab and they're asking me for recos. And, you know, I, I'm like, I want to start stop telling people about Utah. <laughs> dude, bro. That's my dream is to get back to Utah. Like when David grows up and goes off and does his own thing in life, I'm like, Joe and I are like, dude, let's go to St. George. <laughs> Down South, you know? Yeah. It's gorgeous.
0: Gorgeous. Oh, for beautiful. sure, The red rock, the golfing's good. Yeah. And- <sighs> i i haven't i don't think i've ever had the food there though so i don't know no maybe, that's the problem that's on the way to, you know.
1: <laughs> two hours to vegas two hours to vegas baby yeah You're
0: that cool. yeah that's pretty sweet yeah that's right vegas is fantastic food, food. Yeah. vegas is yeah. so good yeah yeah no
1: well no st george is no culinary hotspot, dude but I... <laughs> definitely, As definitely. Point, i just revealed my dream to you dude that was easy that's pretty easy yeah st george
0: yeah. Make your, make your way back. Yeah. But so I for know. like, so, so, for some people like getting into the food industry or getting into cooking and, and stuff like that, what, what would, what would be some advice, you know, because you have gotten that experience and you have kind of become a little more seasoned and you know, you, you've learned so many different things. Like what, what would you be able to pass on to them to be like, Hey, maybe avoid this kind of misstep or, or some of those things.
1: Go work for the best person you can in this business and anything in life, you only learn from people that are good. If you learn from a shithead your whole life, then you'll be a shithead, right. you know? So always go learn from somebody good. I mean, there's going to be a point in your life where like you got to go out and somebody says, Oh, Hey, you want to be the chef of this restaurant? And you, you, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm scared. I, I don't think I can do it. No, i just go do it. Just go do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, you fail. I mean, in this business, you can always find out, you know, you can always get another job. And, you know uh, but i think in the end it's not a sustainable it's hard to be sustainable in this and that as a chef for the long run you know right. or even if you work in a kitchen just depends on it's so there's so many socio social things like that go on with working in kitchens too. You know, I mean, if you're a Latino guy working in a kitchen, you know, it's like, you start out with a goal and a dream too. It's like, I make I make a hundred grand, dude. I'm going to build my house in Mexico. I'm going home. You know, so it's, I think there's a lot of social stuff to that too. There's people that come here from other countries and that's all the business that they can work in, you know? And uh, so it's, it just depends on the person, you know, it's, uh, but the cool thing about food, though, is it can take you on a journey. You know, it's like you're not stuck in one right. place. You know, it's like if you're a coal miner. Maybe you're only working in Pennsylvania, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Food. You know, at least with food, you can move around, you know, and go experience the world a little bit. So, yeah. Advice. That's a tough one, man. I mean, I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell, but that's, man. Yeah, Surround life, yourself
0: with good people find dude, a- bro life's a-, a deep
1: thing dude life's sure. a deep thing dude <laughs> you know
0: so definitely definitely yeah no it's one of those it's one of those things you know especially with food it's just so much like fun and it and to me I'd always just think of like uh, the the creativity that it kind of brings cuz you really can uh peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, can bring you so much joy and it is something so simple, you know, and that's one of the things that food just really delivers such joy to everyone. You know, there's not one person that is going to be like, Oh yeah, no, I don't.
1: But the problem about the people on the other side is, is when you're making food every day in a situation, you're making it every day. Now I get a project. I have like, you know, three months, you know, I have time. It's the thing about, you're in a restaurant. It's like every day it's the routine. It's like, as a human being, you get, you get to a beat down stage, you know, it's, 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 it's tough, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but if you like it and you love it, then you keep going after it. It's weird, dude. It's like, you know, you're like the beaten dog sometimes, you know, you just keep coming back. Like, Hey, you see that dog that gets beat every day or something. You're like, hey, well, you keep coming back for more, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it makes me keep coming back. You're like, good oh, Lord, dude. So but you know, life's in it can be an adrenaline rush and you just gotta yeah. take it as it is, you know. It's it's a tough business though, especially on that side, especially like the you know, that whole the restaurant business is like, whew, man. No, it's
0: I mean it's a brutal it's a brutal industry. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that it, it grinds people up and spits them out for sure. You know, oh, yeah. so many so many good people that just uh, end up having to go into rehab and things of that nature because you have such access to to those things and it is such a beat down and it is such a ride and you know as soon as you get done all you want to do is go have a drink and decompress because it can be such a long day you know
1: listen having a child and having a wife will cure that and it's the greatest thing for a chef like anybody like the greatest thing that can happen to us is like go get married and have a kid and 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 and, you know it'll turn it's the best thing to ever happen but there's those seasoned warriors out there too. Like, I can remember this guy that you and I worked with. And I wish I could remember his last name Craig, curly hair Craig, older.
0: Yeah, I remember Craig. Yeah, Craig's last name. Yeah. Can you say uh, Craig's name? Ponslet, right? Craig Ponslet. That's, That's it. Think it of? Okay, yeah.
1: What a professional dude. This guy, he knew. He man, what is he? I think he managed properties.
0: Yeah, no, he did property management as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, but dude, he came into work every day. Yeah, and then when he ended up having a family, he knew what he do. He was driven, just like boom, I'm coming here, I'm doing this, that's it, I'm out. See you guys later. Yeah, you know, yeah, wow, yeah. There's that side too, man, where people don't do what you were, you know, same thing go on afterwards. He's like, no, going home, with my wife, wake up, my other job in the morning, and get my money and move on. You know, always happy.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of that a little bit, I mean, uh, how much do you think the attitude kind of affects the the success of
1: what you're It does, but I don't know. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, dude, happiness is everything, man. And I just think I've only achieved it in the last like, five years.
0: <laughs> well, no, not, not, not necessarily happiness, but I'm saying like that attitude towards it, right? Like, you know, you, if you have kind of that poor negative attitude, that can be a lot to overcome, you know, like if the world is always falling down around you and, everything's garbage like that's kind of a a sad outlook and i would definitely say i've been fortunate enough to have a really good attitude and it's definitely the glass is always half full not like um, (laughs) uh yeah i'm not eeyore (laughs) by any means
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well like i was saying like that craig always embraced it dude it's just like just embrace it it's you know it's life is too short man it's uh just go have fun you know and enjoy the moment but you know, like as a society today, and it's probably always been like this. All they know from obviously my experience in life, but sure, you know, we need to be a bit, a bit happier, dude. So not easy. Well, nice. I think
0: I think I mean, restaurant wise, the only thing that makes people unhappy is uh, if people show up and there's like ten minutes before you close, and then they sit there for like two hours. <laughs> that's one of, that's, them. That's that's of them. That's one of them. You're like. like for those out there, if a restaurant closes at 10 o'clock, do not show up at 9.50. Because, 9.50. No, yeah, no. It's, it's well, just, then you,
1: <laughs> but you can also blame the hostess on that, too. Be like, why did you let these guys in? You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, but then I'm going to go back to Craig. Those guys like Craig, that Craig would be like, bring him in. I'll take that extra 10 bucks I'm going to make tonight. You know? That's yes.
0: true. That is true. Yes. Yeah. That is definitely it was true. the
1: guy who doesn't want to stay for the, you know, when you serve lunch and, you know, your server comes in at 11 and he's like, it's one o'clock. I'm only going to get like two or three more tables. And he decides to leave. But the guy that stays until three o'clock kills it, you know?
0: Yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely not wrong there for sure. But that was always the one thing that I hated, you know, back in the day when I was doing it was just going in and you have those people that kind of come in like right when you're It's like, all right. Yeah. And then they sit there. It's one thing like if you come in and you know that the restaurant's closing, you're aware that it closes in 10 minutes, you get your meal, you close out, you leave because it's like, hey, I'm holding up, you know, it's just being cognizant, right? Of, of not only yourself, but the other people around you. You got cooks yeah. in there, you got managers, you got other people that also have lives and things that they want to do. Maybe like, okay, yeah, I'll get in, I'll get out as quickly as possible. And uh, but I don't think a lot of people have that thought process when they go to the restaurant. Yeah, no, right? those
1: people have never worked in the food service industry. Sure, dude, you've worked in the food service industry. That's like rule number. You know, it's in the top ten of the rules, dude.
0: For sure, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. No,
1: <laughs> dude. It's, yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying to everybody. Actually, it's not, it's annoying to the bartender. It's annoying to the server. It's like you you just annoyed the whole restaurant. Whole restaurant, yeah. Except for the hostess. The hostess could give two shits to be honest with you. So. Well,
0: usually they get to they would usually bounce. Like, oh, it's ten o'clock, I'm done. Yeah. All right, see so yeah. you guys later. Yeah. Have a good
1: night. <laughs> <laughs> Doors
0: are locked, no see, one else comes in. <laughs>
1: there's a lot of the stuff I don't miss, dude. I gotta be honest with you. It's like Sure, yeah. <laughs> the, <camaraderie is, laughs> the camaraderie is like the thing where you're like, Oh, I do miss that. You're not you know, right. the banter and the dumb stuff, you know, I miss that, you know, but uh you know, food is uh, something we do every day, man. And, uh, I just, I just want people to make food at home and sit around with their families and, you know, sure the laugh, say stupid stuff to each other and have a laugh, you know?
0: Absolutely. No. It's some of the best, best, uh, conversations that could be had. It's just, uh, oh, right yeah. on the dinner table, which I feel like it's, it's, it's the, if there's one nice thing, uh, that you could say about COVID is that it's kind of forced people back into that situation <laughs> a little bit, right? Like you were cooking uh, at home. So. And you're having to actually interact with people. I mean, there's nothing to really look at except doom and gloom in the news. So hopefully you got your phone down and you can actually have time to cook a dinner and just kind of chat, you know, and and that's definitely been lost for sure with um, everything that the hustle and bustle of the world,
1: right? Now saying that though, you're not home alone, are you?
0: Uh, I am not home alone, no. No, not home alone. Yeah. I got my fiance with me and we, we I know I thought you were party. getting married. Yeah. And she was a mobile yeah.
1: skier too, right?
0: Yeah. She's on the U.S. ski team. So she's still, uh, she's still going. So she's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. whooping your ass. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All over the place, dude. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: That's funny how women are strong, man. You know, you, you know, I'm in this, uh, I, I work. I mean, even like you're talking about food and kitchens, like the women, so, you know, you, you, you get a woman in the kitchen, and you know, if, you know, like everybody says, if we had to have children, we wouldn't have any children at all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely. You know. Well, she crushes it she, crushes it, it, she
0: crushes it in the kitchen. I mean, she's always... Uh, That's you know, good because you know what?
1: It's not that way anymore. It's like, you know, it's, it's totally switched to like, you know, men are doing the ones that are cooking. I guess we're eating the most anyway, so. Yeah. Probably the most picky anyway, so it makes sense.
0: I usually stick to the grill. And I'm quite, yeah. quite good on there. Like last night we had, uh, we had some fish tacos, so I got some salmon nice. seasoned it up. Nice. It was, yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah. So try to try to keep it up. I mean, you got anything that I should, that I should branch out and, and throw on the grill that would be unique that I don't think that I should grill that should maybe go on there.
1: Not necessarily, but what do you cook a lot? Do you smoke any meats at all, or are you just I don't, grill? I
0: don't, yeah just 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 been grilling? I don't have a, a smoker or anything yet. I mean, kind of tacos are you
1: to... doing? Are you doing corn tortillas? Or are you doing flour? We did both. Right. Corn flour, dude. I would just say, dude, when you throw that when you throw that tortilla, throw it on the grill. Mm-hmm. It's like in, in Mexico, you'd use like lard or something, and you would put it on there, and it's pretty soppy and like greasy. Dude, if you got to spray some Pam on there or some <laughs> oil, put that on the grill, dude. Throw that tortilla on uh, the grill yeah. and get
0: it charred. Tortilla, charred on the grill. Yes. <laughs> yeah. char, char, char that. I did, did not throw the, the uh, tortillas on the grill last night. Full disclosure. What'd you do? So, uh, we just, we just, I, we didn't even, didn't even heat the tortillas up. It was like, a whoa, nice whoa. Yeah, whoa. I off. expect I, better I,
1: from you, dude. You, you can do better than that.
0: Dude. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're right. Hold me Rub them down with some oil, it.
1: dude. Throw them on that grill, dude. Get them all charred up, dude. And you know, get some flavor going in there. Cause anytime you char something or you reduce liquid that has flavoring, you're just reducing water. You're 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 getting more like that umami thing going on, you know, your different flavors and you know, sweet, sour charred, mm-hmm. you know, roasted, you know, whatever it may be, caramelized, you know. Yeah. And then so sous-vide v- chicken. Sous-vide is the <laughs> chicken, sous-vide, dude. Sous-vide the chicken, that's the way it's got to Sous-vide chicken, yeah. Do you have an immersion circulator?
0: I do not, no. No, hey. so it's something I need to... The, the interesting thing about in.
1: sous-vide is like, you know, and I'm sure everybody's starting to hear about it now, but it's more for... It started out like, and you can look it up, but it's for, it was for foie gras, like the, the duck liver, so they wouldn't lose so much fat. They immer- they sunk it into water and cooked it. But the really thing about it is, is if you cook vegetables in a, in a cryovac bag and you put in water or meat, you're saving all the nutrients. Okay. You know, if you're health conscious, sous vide's a the way to go. Say if you just cook some beets in a bag, you're not boiling them in water. You're not roasting them in an oven. They're staying, everything that you have cooked is staying in that bag. Carrots, whatever, lentils, whatever you're making, yep. you know, it's all staying in that bag. You're not losing anything you know in the water that you blanch it in or whatever so you're keeping all the nutrients in there and the cool thing about it is if you do it you sous vide the vegetables you sous vide the chicken you do big batches of stuff you maybe do a curry in a bag and you do it you put it away in your refrigerator for four weeks and it's ready to go you know right. you know you just go heat put it in a pan heat it up and you just sous vide everything in a bag and you have a one step up dinner and you're you're golden bro you know it's like huh. yeah all right
0: that's good it's good to know what about an air fryer i've heard that's the, that's the latest thing that i've been hearing about is that i need to get is like uh even before you know is, is the air fryer i'm like okay i've never yeah you know, is, that, is that the way to go i guess but i don't need a lot of fried
1: food necessarily like i'm not the biggest fried guy i'm i'm, I'm sure
0: in hot lana
1: <laughs> yeah sounds so <laughs> i know i know um i don't know i i don't i don't eat air fried stuff myself and if i fry anything my wife does because she's colombian and she likes patacones which are like uh, Um, plantains you know fried plantains but i'm actually have been lucky because there's this company that i deal with that makes wagyu you know wagyu beef yeah right the a5 wagyu beef they make uh they make tallow from that so beef fat so they send me beef fat in the nails i'm like frying in beef fat everything which is delicious actually that sounds really good i don't fry that much the fryer, yeah everybody i almost bought one but everybody that I talked to they're like i like it i like it so i'm still it's like one of the very few things that i don't have that i'm thinking about getting. okay
0: all right well if i get one before before you do I'll, I'll let you know how it how it goes i mean we don't really <laughs> take some photos bro either i'll do photobomb me
1: dude photobomb it dude photo bomb it yeah that photo. is like the new thing i mean
0: how much how much is it with food i mean the food art right the food porn as people oh, dude. just being able to go yeah. out
1: food so- <laughs> is a rivaling regular porn dude it's easy even when i do it i mean i'll make something at, at home i'll be like you know and you know my my family's respectful we wait till everybody sits down before somebody eats and they're like they're like this you know ready to eat and i'm like no hold on i gotta take a photo of mine it looks really good. like uh oh you feel like such a little slut when you do that you know you're just like oh, i can't believe i'm doing this right now you know <laughs> But uh no, it's hey man, it's it's kind of cool, man. You know, you see what people are doing, you know. Yeah. That's, that's like the difference between your Facebook and your Instagram, you know. Facebook right. is and then you got Instagram, people are like showing pictures of their family and like food and flowers, and you're like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> A lot no,
0: you know? definitely i'll have to i'll have to show some more uh,
1: food on there for you when we get some stuff yeah on. for sure dude i'll throw yeah. I'll, I'll
0: show some uh, tortillas on the grill
1: so you know yes I'll, I'll, I'll just juiced juice up and like <laughs> marks on them dude
0: i do make a really good uh uh grilled pizza get the dough yeah that's, nice you can. Yeah, that's yeah, no, yeah that's that's good. good a lot of fun do you have
1: a pizza peel do you have the pizza peel like that metal pizza peel or a wooden you know, one it just goes right on the grill but so you pull it so off with, with your fingers
0: uh usually just a a few spatulas flip it over you know and then just you gotta get <laughs> just it. lie so
1: you, you should have this. just lied no you should have just lied to everybody just right lied. now and said yeah. that you did it with your fingers dude you just ah. tried it off with your fingers not <laughs> with how
0: hot i get my grill dude i get that thing like 700 degrees
1: oh i'm sure but that's yeah. what you needed it, for it to be to do
0: that you know my my hands are definitely not calloused and and tough and you know, that kitchen environment is crazy. No, mine something. aren't either,
1: dude. People like look at my hands and it's odd that I'm having a conversation about people, uh, you know, grabbing my hands looking at them. But dude, I swear to God all the time. Like this happens six times out of your work. They look at my hands. like They're like, hey, like shake my hand. They're like, why is your hand so soft? I'm like, I don't know, dude. I worked in kitchens too for too long. <laughs> hey, hey, some of us have very few genetic qualities, dude. I'm going to say one of mine is my feet and my soft hands. That's it. Soft hands. There you go. So do you think
0: if you want to get into kind of uh, uh, cooking, I mean, how much did going to culinary school, how much does that kind of benefit or, or help you like along the way? Or do you think you don't, it's not a necessity?
1: I don't think it's a necessity anymore unless you go to, well, I mean, they have different programs now. So it's like if you go to Johnson and Wales or CIA in New York, Johnson mm-hmm. Wales is the main ones in New England or anyway. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna give you, you know, you can, Get different four-year degrees within this world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm not sure. It just depends on what route you want to take. You know, if you uh, if you want to stay in the manufacturing side of school, I would just go for food science and you know in a school. Or, you know, you you know, you come up the hard way. And I don't know if it's the hard way, but maybe it's the fun way of just, you know, working through kitchens and you know, running stuff. But always, I always say just learn from good people. If you're learning from an idiot, then you're not going to learn anything and you may be an idiot yourself. So sure. Go, go learn from somebody that's good before you do your own thing in life. And I think a lot of people do that in the restaurant business. I think you see a lot of people, you know, they're going to go work for these guys that are really good and then go branch out on their own. If they become successful or not, you know, I don't, you know, who knows, but,
0: who who was it that that kind of mentored and, and inspired you along your way and that, that you kind
1: of learned and i don't. i mean i, I just think you if, if you're if you're smart enough and you've been around enough then you know it's it's multiple people if you're somebody who stayed at one place it, whatever kind of job for 15 years and it's going to be that person me. it's you know i had a chef say to me when i first started in this business he's like Dude, if you stay somewhere more than a year and a half and you're not really happy. You're not making more money. What's the point of saying that you've learned everything that you need to know from that place and you need to move on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've, I've, I moved on, you know, I never, you know, for some really stayed somewhere it was probably when I moved to Utah, but my whole 20 years in San Francisco, I'd, you know, I bounced around, you know, I do a year, year and a half year, move around and whatnot. And I just think you take a lot of things from a lot of different people. Um, it's, yeah, I, I, it's not just one person, you know. Right. I mean, this sounds kind of this sounds kind of weird, but maybe it's myself, you know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me that I just, you know, kind of. to say, I'm a great listener, but you just kind of watch people and you go, look what that dude's doing. Like, <laughs> <Look> what she? I <laughs> go and you pick something up from that, and you go, eh, hopefully, I remember that or not." But it's being observational, right? Being uh, definitely observational. observational. You know, it's like you. I mean, I'm sure when you were watching like some badass go down the hill, and you're like, "I can't do that, but I want to do that." You know, and you just kind of no, want. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Being observational in life is pretty key, right?
0: Yeah absolutely. yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that bad. that's a big... Uh, but that's interesting. Yeah. You say like a year and a half, and then you've gotten all you're going to get, and it's time to go branch out to to another spot. That's
1: pretty... Yeah. Well, some people, it's like, dude, they they go somewhere and they make pasta for a year and a half, and holy hell, that's a great skill to have, dude, because I suck at that. But that's what they <laughs> have for a couple of years, and that's what they gained out of that place. And God bless you, you know, for... You know, me, it was maybe like I was making a crab cake at some place for a year or something in San Francisco when I was younger, but I knew how to make the best crab cake you'll ever eat, you know? So, right. Um, repetition, too. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I mean, how fun is that to kind of be able to bring into a new menu? Because, I mean, I remember when uh, we were at the restaurant, the, the amount of creativity that I would say for a brew pub was pretty interesting, the the type of food you would be able to to get. Uh, to be able to find there.
1: What yeah, but it's always a fight, dude. It's always like, it's always, you know, it's there's uh you know, you can't do food what you want to do. You realize, if you're smart, you realize soon that it's not what you want, it's what everybody else wants. Sure. Okay, somebody wants a chicken alfredo. Ugh. All right, a certain place that you're at, how do I make that chicken alfredo the best that I can, you know, and given the circumstance that you're in, you know, it's not like they made... You know, when you knew me, I didn't make the best mac and cheese that I could, but it was the best that I know that everybody could replicate and everybody would like, you know, and like everyone having issues with it. So it's, you know, there's always, you know, there's always a trade-off, you know. and, uh, and but Also
0: the best nachos, by the way, too. The way you those <laughs> nachos. Most places just throw that thing in the microwave. And I remember yeah, I those nachos <laughs> were out of this world. Throw that. Well, that was funny because...
1: I came into that situation and I was just like, okay, I've been doing fine dining for quite a while now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and then I came into that situation. I'm like, or right, I got to dumb it down, but, and I don't think I did a great job necessarily dumbing it down.
0: No, I did some things
1: well, but you know, but it, you know, man, Hey, listen, it's all about the relationships you make too. Like the, you know, working there was like, you go and, uh, you know, you talk to customers. You talk to people. that, You know, it's it's you know. And I went out and I talked to a lot of people. I'd just be like, hey, what's going on? You know, how are you? You know, that's that's the fun part is just meeting people through this sure. whole. Thing. Just you know, not yeah, taking it too seriously. You know. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And
0: what's what's so what's ahead for for Arby's? What's what's the sneak peek? What's on the horizon? Good stuff. Well, you got some good usually.
1: Yeah. So i got a fish one coming up. That's a great question. Um, it's a cod. Um, it's a Pacific cod, beer battered fish. And that's coming out um, this next month or right now. And we have a good presence in Utah. Um, yeah, yeah absolutely. Franchisee there. And, um, so the cod's coming out. i got a cheesesteak coming out um and the cod's great it's 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 a trip man when you go you're like how do you guys you know you, you wonder about the cod and, you know when it comes in and i've been to these facilities where they make it and it's clean man i want to let everybody know that these stuff like you know eats fast food out there and wonder where their food comes from and like how does you would be surprised you know how clean some of these places you know most of these places that you go and that the processing of it and everything it's very clean it's interesting and uh So that's what we have coming out. It's on a brioche bun, tartar sauce, lettuce, pickles. Fresh pickles, by the way, which means they have to be refrigerated. Um, Lettuce, tomato, pickle, tartar sauce, brioche bun, fish. Um, Also have a cheesesteak coming out next in a couple months. And that's all ribeye meat. Um, Minimally processed, you know. Oh, man, you're getting me started right now because I was (laughs) because I started thinking about uh, I know people have questions about man we should do one with food one time and have people just ask questions dude because like beyond uh, the beyond meat um, Mm -hmm. what's the other one What am I drawing a blank let me know what the plant protein one what's impossible Uh,
0: impossible burger right isn't that what it is there's nothing
1: wrong with it it's fine but there's a lot of people out there that have the perception like oh we don't want to eat meat because it's overly processed Mm -hmm. If they just want to eat vegetarian that's fine i get it that's totally cool um but you know that stuff's pretty processed man there's like 18 19 ingredients in an impossible burger you know and it's like if you look at that process compared to just having a piece of meat you're like "Hmm, okay you know but if you have if you're of the the theory of like oh i don't want to eat meat. hey that's cool you know and then you're fine it's not a bad product so that's a whole different other discussion (laughs) it's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely uh, interesting to start to start to go down that down that rabbit hole for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I need to be that guy out there who answers these questions for people, dude. Like I'm like I could set up a phone line and be like, "Yeah, call me up, what do you need to know?" Well, dude, yeah. let me put your fears. Let me put your fears to rest, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you do have fears and I know about them, well, I can tell you about them and then you won't,
0: you yeah. so. know. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely have to do this again, my man. Thanks, uh, thanks yeah. so much for taking the time and being able to chat a little bit about. Absolutely, uh, dude. Really it was great to it. see you—not just yeah.
1: see you, but talk to you. It's, uh, I know, I know. Yeah, no, it's it's good. 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 make
0: your way out to St. George. You know, come I
1: right just here. hugged you, dude. I just, dude. I just gave you a hug. I just give <laughs> you a big bro hug right
0: now. So. All right, my man. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. And, uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening. We'll, we'll talk again soon. Cheers. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks a lot for listening in. I really appreciate it. Please make sure to take the time to like, share, and subscribe our show. And also you can follow along on Instagram. Thanks.